0: Welcome to R Slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is R Petty Revenge where a cheater gets stranded. Our next Reddit post is from Sushi Lady. So I'm a 20-year-old female and I've been dating this 22 year old guy for a little over a year now, and it's been nice even though we have our differences. I love to work out, and by that I mean run up and down 14ers in my free time. And for context, a 14er is a hiking trail with an elevation of at least 14,000 feet. Apparently, they're pretty common around the Rockies. My boyfriend's always been sort of lazy and out of shape, but it's still easy on the eyes, so it's never been an issue. Recently though my girlfriend was at a bar with some of our mutual friends and coincidentally and luckily saw him out with the boys as he said he would be but his ex was there with them along with some other girls. My friend figured they must have just run into each other. He's never done anything suspicious before but I guess I've been a bit too trusting. She said she just kind of looked over there occasionally but decided to text me when they were a little too close. I called him because, like, what the hell? He said that he was just with the boys, and he said he'd be home when he got home, and hung up. At this point, I realized that I hadn't been paying much attention to his behavior, being preoccupied with college and work. And all the red flags that I'd brushed off fell into place, and I realized he was most definitely hooking up with his ex. He always stayed out late, would ignore my texts and calls for hours, hung out with his friends, but never invited me and has always been ridiculously protective of his phone, saying he wants to live his own life and it's private, which I should have called him out on, but I'm just way too naive, I guess. This was my first real relationship. Anyways, he got home late, like 3 a.m., I hadn't heard anything from my friend or him but I'd been staying up plotting my revenge because breaking up over this type of thing isn't enough. I demanded that he give me his phone and when he refused I straight up said then pack your stuff and leave. He's not in the leasing contract. He's just been staying with me and my roommate and giving me rent since COVID started. I guess he didn't realize I would actually say something like that. I've always been super gushy over him and basically tended to his every need. Clearly, I would never be the one to break us up. He gave me his phone, and I didn't know where to start, but eventually I found a messaging app I'd never heard of, and sure enough, when I opened it, the first name to pop up was his ex. Turns out, they met almost every weekend for drinks or a restaurant, and most definitely hooked up afterwards, as well as sent some pictures to each other. I was pissed, but I had already had some petty revenge planned. He said the classic lines like, I can be better, I never meant to hurt you, I'm so sorry, you've been nothing but good to me, and the infamous, I can change. I had been waiting for that, so I said prove it, come with me on my hike tomorrow. Show me that you can change your ways and do something that I like for once. I'm fairly manipulative. Oops. I've been trying to hit a 14er every weekend since the season started and have been fairly successful only missing one week. I'd been planning to finally do Long's Peak but he would definitely not have made it to the top so we did an easier one instead. Hiking up was a pain and we stopped about every 30 minutes for him making it a very boring eight-hour trip to the top. He was definitely trying to be nicer and sweeter than he had been but it was just kind of pathetic at that point. I already knew that I'd never take back a cheater. When we got to the top, he sat down immediately and drank the rest of his water despite me warning him that he'd definitely need it for the hike down. I took some obligatory pictures since this was still a hike I'd never done before and then gave him a kiss because god damn those lips and I said we're officially over. Then I turned around and started to jog down. He was exhausted and couldn't keep up for long once we hit the trail again, but he was saying a bunch of stuff that I mostly tuned out. But I heard him say, Slow down, you're gonna have to wait in the car, B word. To which I said, just call a friend, or better yet, your ex. I'm writing this in the car right now, and since I don't have reception, hopefully it'll reach Reddit when I get home. It was a pretty long hike, so I doubt I'll be home for a while. He does have reception and there's a water fountain on the trail. I made sure. I'm not that much of a butthole. I don't know how things will turn out when he comes to get his stuff and where will go after, but I might update this if anything interesting happens. I'm really happy despite everything. OP, this is great revenge, but what you should have done is take his phone and say, here, let me take some pictures for you. And then just turn around and start jogging. Our next Reddit post is from Spooky Bean Burrito. I was raised by my abusive grandparents. My grandfather isn't worth mentioning, and my grandmother died when I was 15. She had an aneurysm while on the toilet, dying with the same grace she had while alive. I'm in my mid-30s now and I don't often think of her, but I do keep one small petty habit. My grandmother was a seamstress and one of her most prized possessions was a pair of super sharp fancy expensive dressmaking shears. I once used them to cut paper and she made me sleep on the porch for a week. For those who have said that this seems like a random punishment, she was abusive. If I was going to be an animal, then I should be treated like one and sleep outside. It wasn't about the scissors, it was about me existing in her line of sight when she wanted to lash out. When she died, one of the few things I asked for were those scissors. I've used them to cut everything except fabric for the last two decades. I use them in the kitchen, for crafts, and for projects around the house. The other day, I used them as a hammer when I was too lazy to grab the toolbox. It's stupid and petty, but nothing beats the tiny spark of malicious glee that I feel every time I use those effing scissors to cut duct tape and then pry open a paint can. Here's to you, Nana. I hope you went to heaven, because I know there's nothing you hated more than the happiness of others. Our next Reddit post is from Seat Gastronomy. I'd gone to the grocery store for some items, and there was a young woman in the produce section holding her phone up flat and using the speaker option. In public. This is one of my pet peeves. Don't use a speakerphone in public. Nobody wants to hear about how that one night stand guy gave you herpes. Which is, of course, what she was talking about. Loudly. Ranting even. I got my supplies and headed it for the register. She got in line right behind me. So after the cashier rang me out and I had my bags in hand, I said, I'm really sorry to hear about your herpes and headed it for the door. Her expression was priceless, but didn't quite match the expression the cashier had. Our next Reddit post is from Draconian Reward. I took an economics class in 2014, and the version of the book that we needed was outdated. Our professor said that she chose that version because it was available at about half the price of the newest version. Our bookstore carried it for about $300. It was available online for about 20 bucks. My books were paid for by Veterans Affairs from benefits of my Army service, and I had to use a voucher system and purchase from the bookstore if the needed text was available there, so I did. At the end of the semester, I went to sell it all back. I did this every semester since I could make a few bucks off them rather than let them rot in my house somewhere. I was offered a penny, yes, one cent, because the book was outdated. Now, I know it's not the cashier's fault. He was just scanning the barcode and letting the computer pull the buyback price. I know they're going to turn around and sell the book for 250 bucks. Obviously, I wasn't going to let a business use me just to overcharge the hell out of the next student. I was so pissed that I held onto the book over the summer break, and then when the bookstore opened again for the fall semester, I got my revenge. I waited near the bookstore for a few hours and handed it to the first person I saw buying the book. I told them they could have it for free and to please try and hand it off to someone else next semester if possible, as the bookstore was only going to give them a penny for it. They handed me 20 bucks, thanked me, and told me to get lunch. OP's got it figured out. All you have to do is go to the bookstore and find one of your old books on the bookshelf. Then just pull out your phone and wait for like 5 or 10 minutes and inevitably someone will come by looking for that book. Then just offer to sell that student the book at like a 75% discount and everyone takes you up on that offer. It's a win for you, a win for the other student, and a loss for the bookstore. Our next Reddit post is from Krillbyte. When I was in high school, there was this girl who always flipped her super long hair on my desk. The first time, I kind of subtly brushed it off thinking it was an accident and not wanting to embarrass her. Instead, she shouted at me for touching her hair, which just effing infuriated me. Lucky me though, I had ceramics right before that class and I would regularly bring what I was working on to other classes to continue working on. My plotting began. So one day I brought in a piece of pottery that I'd been painting. It was a total throwaway piece that I'd absolutely coated in red paint, which, like, isn't even how you're supposed to do it. And when she threw her effing hair on my desk, it got covered in red paint, and I gasped super loud and overdramatically. She tried to get mad at me, but before she could tell the teacher how I'd ruined her hair, I shouted that she'd ruined my pottery for ceramics because she regularly threw her effing ponytail around. Instead of me getting in trouble, she got in trouble and moved seats and I felt so effing good about it. Our next Reddit post is from Coffee Apples. My supervisor was one of those little prigs who did absolutely nothing and loved being in power and was always on a power trip. He delighted in being the supervisor even though he didn't know how to do his job and was horrible at it. He loved holding people over their shifts just to see them squirm and run late to whatever thing they had planned after work. He loved to belittle me and call me useless and stupid. In the state where I work, any shift worked over five hours entitles you to a 30-minute unpaid lunch break, and if you don't clock out or take a lunch break before then, then you automatically get a full hour's worth of pay. I was also entitled to double pay if this happened for consecutive days in a row. I was routinely scheduled for shifts that were four hours and 45 minutes, which just cut me short of the five-hour mark. Before my shift would end, I would make a show of looking at my watch and talk excitedly about my plans after my shift. My supervisor would then purposefully hold me over, which would turn my shift into five hours, enabling me to get those extra $15 an hour. Or I would purposefully be slow at a task, which would cause him to laugh at me and say, it's so cute and pathetic at how slow and bad you are. I ended up getting so much overtime pay because of him, and eventually he got in trouble for consecutively holding me over in the company having to pay me so much for overtime. Screw with me, and I'll screw with you. This is like that old children's story with that fox in the hare. Oh no, Mr. Supervisor, please don't hold me over into overtime with double pay. That would be just awful. I hate getting paid double my normal salary. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. Final year of university. I'm in a literature class I really need to pass with flying colors. The time comes to do group projects, and imagine my dismay when the girl I affectionately referred to as Airhead is in our group. Airhead spent most of her tutorial lessons on her laptop adding clothes to her wish list, and whenever she was questioned about something she would say, um, I don't know, in a very cutesy way to suggest that she should get off the hook. When we did writing homework assignments, she would copy and paste hers from fanfiction websites. We were given quite a big book to study, and I'm very sure Airhead isn't going to read it. In our group meetings, she pretty much just says, Um, I'm terrible at group stuff. I'm gonna let you lead and do a lot of the creative work. Just let me do what the book's definition is, and you can talk about the themes. I know that Airhead is just gonna get a synopsis of the book from somewhere, and sure enough, When she sends through the details, it matches a book review on the first result of Google. Nothing's changed. Feeling petty because I need those grades and worked freaking hard for them, I hit up my English tutor who had been starting to lump me and Airhead together assuming I was also lazy. I let him know that Airhead was using stolen material, hadn't read the book at all, and could me and my other group members be marked separately? Delightedly, he agreed. The day of the presentation, Airhead introduces the book, and my teacher listens to her massively stolen speech. Afterwards, just before she passes the info on to me, the professor suddenly begins to quiz her on the book, on the messages, on the theme, on the side characters. Watching her face change as she at first looked to me to answer it, and then the teacher looked to her to make sure she was answering it, was priceless. Airhead later lamented to me that she had no idea how she failed the class when the rest of us passed. That was r slash petty revenge and if you like this content then check out my Patreon where I publish episodes that were too spicy for YouTube. Also be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.